Hey, Harlan Williams here on the Harlan Highway. How are you today? You doing okay? I'm doing good. How are you? Why, why am I talking so fast? It's as if I'm trying to speed through this podcast. Uh-uh, no way. This pound puppy's going to sit and simmer like a nice bowl of uh, chicken noodle soup. Okay? We're going to get into this, playa. Uh, what a show we have today. Uh, we're going to be talking about homeless people. Homeless people and the condition, the endurance, the stamina of the human body. An interesting conversation talking about the plight of some of the, the homeless and the less fortunate out there. Uh, also uh, going to be um, talking about uh, technology. There's a little piece of technology that affects each and every one of our lives that is the most confounding, annoying, upsetting piece of technology we've ever encountered. And believe me, you've all encountered it. I won't give it away. Wait till we get there. You'll hear it. I think you'll agree with me. And then also, I'm going to be playing some clips from my brand new sitcom, which comes out September 30th, called Package Deal. I'm going to be telling you about the show. Brand new sitcom coming out in just a few weeks. Play a few little audio clips for you. It's going to be fun, but it always is right here on the Harlan Highway. Welcome to the Harlan Highway. I will look for you. Does your mother know what you're doing for a living? The Harlan Highway. Hey, I will find you. My mom always said, you can't handle the truth. <laughs> Okay, let's start the show with a very, very important tech question. Okay, you know, you know we all live in the world of technology, gizmos and gadgets. You all have your tablets and your, your, uh, your iPhones and your laptops and your whatever. Whatevs. Whatevs. Uh, so you're probably thinking my, my very, very, very important tech question is, you know, how do you uh, do stuff in iTunes? How do you do stuff on Instagram? How do you uh, line up everything on your Facebook? No, you're all wrong. Guess what my tech question is? And it's it's probably the toughest tech question there is. I don't even think Bill Gates or the guys at Google can answer this one. Here it is. Ready? My big tech question. You ready? Sit down. Sit down. Hold on to something. Here's my big tech question. How in the hell does that little dial on the side of your toaster work? You know the one I mean? The little dial looks like a volume switch. It goes from 0 to 10. And it's supposed to uh, it's supposed to equal out how brown your toast gets, how long your toast cooks. It, it should just say BS. It should be a BS dial. How much how much BS do you want this morning with your marmalade and your your fine British jelly? Do you know what I'm talking about, gang? You, you, you go, oh, it's morning, it's afternoon, I'm going to have some toast, some delicious, lightly browned, crunchy toast. 
I'll plop it in. Ding, ding, ding. There we go. Oh, there's a little dial here with all these numbers on it. Apparently, I can have it very lightly toasted. I can have it medium toasted, or I can put it all the way up to 10 and have it look like the uh, road in front of my house, just black and just as hard. So what do you do? Most of us probably put it at a four, a five, right in the middle. You know, most most people want their toast just before it goes around burn burn lane. Just before your toast takes the corner around Scorched Avenue. Right? You, you want your toast done as good as it can be done and hot as it can be hot before it starts to burn. So it, you, you, you sit that dial just at the right number. Four or five, I bet. That's middle ground, right? So why is it that your toaster, and I've had many toasters, and many of them have done this, just completely ignore that stupid dial? I'd like to take a toaster apart because I don't even think that dial's connected to the toaster. I don't think there's any wire. I don't think there's any connector. I don't think there's any gizmo. I think it's a cosmetic dial you know, well, let's make them think that toast is sophisticated. Let's let's make them think that you actually have control over your toast. Ha, 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 ha. Imagine that, thinking they have control over their toast. Let's slap a dial on there and uh, make them think they can brown it any way they want. Nice try. The gig is up, man. It's just a bunch of BS, that dial. Uh-uh, I'm not falling for it, man. You know, I'll I'll put my toast down. I turn that dial to three or four. I'm like, oh, good. I'll go. Uh, I'll go cook something. I'll go make some eggs. I'll microwave something. I can rely on my toast to pop up just when it's supposed to. And then I'll be working away. I'll forget about the toast. Like, oh, that's one more thing off my mind in the morning. Oh, stress-free toast. What a wonderful world. I praise the people that created the toast browning dial. God bless you, toast browning dial angels. And then all of a sudden, you're puttering around, emptying the garbage bag, whatever. You got your head in the fridge, and you're like, wait, what's that smell? Is my house on fire? Is there, is there a forest fire around here? Should I call 911? You look up. Smoke billowing out of your toaster, <laughs> right? Your waffles are on fire. Your toast is just, there, there's smoke coming out. You can see the, the top of the toast sticking out of the, just over the ridge, and it's black. It's almost like uh, you're just like, oh, no, toast, you're burning alive. Oh! It's like your little buddy in there. And you feel guilty that you let it burn. And you're like, wait a minute, I didn't let it burn. I had the toast dial set. And my my beef is here that that thing does bunk. It never works. It never, it's never accurate. You know? Your, your toast comes up. It looks like... Uh, it looks like something off the battlefield, like a burnt body after a giant atom bomb's gone off. Your toast is black and curled up, and if there's raisins in your toast, the 
They're, they look like meteorites. They're just they're molten lava. And there's some about that smell, man. The smell of burnt toast. It's almost like you ever smell burnt hair or burnt rubber. It kind of fits into that category of smells you don't want to smell. And it permeates not just the kitchen, the whole house. Anyone could wake up or walk in. Oh, my God, did someone burn the toast? Oh, God, that's not open some windows. Look how smoky it is in here. Where are you? Hello, I can't see you. I'm trapped in a cloud of raisin bread smoke. Hello? Is there someone there? Hello? Is there someone in the kitchen burning toast? Hello? <laughs> it's just insane, man. So there's my big tech question of the day. Steve Jobs, if you're listening, Google, Apple, anyone. Albert Einstein, if you're listening to the Harland Highway, please, please set us straight on how that damn toaster knob works and how I can finally, I can finally make the perfect nice brown toast. What's that, Roger? Oh, that's bit Roger's telling me I should put tanning lotion on it. Yeah, oh yeah, I'm sure it'll be perfectly bronzed. You know, that's not a bad idea. That stuff tastes like coconut, right? Okay, well let's let's go make some toast and uh with some tanning lotion. See if that helps. Oh delish. If you're going to be a unicorn, don't you just eat one corn? Like a, like unicorn? Anyway, I just want you to know that uh, up here in Ottawa, I'm going to be checking out your new show. I'm ridiculously excited. And uh, I hope I hope everything goes well rating-wise for you. Good luck. Um, and uh, don't put me on the air. Otherwise, I'll be really mad. Love you, man. This is Mark, by the way. Just want to put my name in there, just in case you do put it on the air. Then I'll know it's me. I'm usually drunk when I when I make phone calls like this, so it'll remind me later. Okay, I'm just wasting your answering machine space now, and I apologize for that. That's not very nice of me. Okay, okay, and that's enough. Okay, take it easy, M A R K. At ma, ma, well, I won't say your name. We'll just spell it here. M A R K. We've been we you asked us not to say your name, M A R K, and we will not say it. We will we will respect your words, and we will never utter the name M A R K. Just spell it so no one will know. Okay. Uh, so just so you don't forget it, mark this down. Mark it down that we will never say M-A-R-K. Just get a magic marker and mark it down because we 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 will not say M-A-R-K. Mark my words. We will not. Mark my words. I will not do that to you, M-A-R-K. Mark it down. Okay? Um... So uh, uh, M-A-R-K was referring, when he said he was excited about the uh, the new show airing, he's talking, of course, about my uh, brand new sitcom called Package Deal, 
which will be playing across Canada, sorry USA, hopefully it's going to be sold down here, but at this point it's only uh, premiering up in Canada every Monday, premiering September 30th at 8.30 p.m. on City TV, package deal, and uh, it stars myself, Jay Malone, Julia Voth, Randall Edwards, Eugene Levy, Pamela Anderson, oh my god, so fun. So fun. And um, it's basically package deal is about uh, three overly close brothers and how they get into each other's business all the time and step all over each other's lives because they're just overly close that way. And I play the oldest uh, brother, Sheldon. And uh, I hope all you Canadians listening tune into this show. It is actually the first Canadian sitcom that's ever been done in front of a live audience. Um, so really cool, really excited. And, uh, here is a sneak clip, the first clip, audio clip, uh, right from the show. And this is a segment where, um, Randall, the youngest brother, uh, Randall is, uh, plays a character named Danny, the youngest brother. And, um, and this is a scene where he starts to tell us that he, he thinks he's met the girl of his dreams and uh, I'm there uh, telling him how he can use cooking as a way to seduce women, and he's just not getting it. So have a listen. Package deal. Uh, premiere September 30th, 8.30, Monday night on City TV. Look, Kim is different, okay? I think she could be the one. One what? <laughs> you know, the one. Now, wait a minute. Wait a minute, little bro. Are you trying to tell me that you used my creme brulee secret to get into some kind of a relationship? I told you that was strictly for getting you laid. Look, I know how disappointed you must be, but sometimes these things happen. And so, of course, uh, our little brother Danny goes on to get involved with this girl. And uh, me and my brother, Ryan... Uh, the second oldest brother, we decide that uh, in order for this girl to qualify in our brother's life, that, uh, you know, we're going to make a list. And we're not happy that she's a vegetarian and she owns a tea shop and we think she's a little bit hippie-ish. So here we go. Another quick little clip from the uh, show package deal where me and my other brother are making a list grading uh, our little brother Danny's brand new super hot girlfriend. So she doesn't eat meat. There's no reason to hate her. You'll change your tune once you've experienced your first broccoli and cheese dip Dutch oven. <laughs> Don't be shallow, okay? I mean, she's well educated. Her tea shop sounds really nice. She could use a little more ass, though. <laughs> First of all, don't look at my girlfriend's ass. And second of all, seriously, don't look at my girlfriend's ass. Well, Kim is awesome. Okay, she's fun, smart, goofy in a good way, and she's into me. Who knows what she's into? She's a raging alcoholic. I'm sure Kim has some good qualities. Thank you. Let's make a list. No, let's not. All right, Kim, pros and cons. Vegetarian con that's not a con it's ethical snob con bossy con how is she bossy she changed your name to dan i like being called dan 
bad influence, Con. How is she in the old saccharoni? Okay, no, this has gone far enough. Con. No, she's amazing. Like no other woman I've ever been with. Slut. Pro. Add it up. Okay. I'll give her a C. A C? That's it? Hey, that's not so bad. You can get into most trade schools with that. Congratulations, you're dating the DeVry of women. The DeVry of women. Yes, there it is. Little clip from Package Deal. Uh, so there you go, Canada. Very proud of uh, the sitcom we did. Please spread the word around. Twitter it out. Facebook it out. Get it out there. I want this thing to spread across Canada like a Quebec fungus, whatever that is. Um, and, uh, I, th- I think you're going to like it. I hope you like it. We, we had a great time doing it and, uh, you know, tune in, tune in. Let's get out of here. Sounds great. How about some Chinese food? Meet Danny. He's got a hot girlfriend. Kim is awesome. She's fun, smart. She could use a little more ass though. Don't look at my girlfriend's ass. And two meddling big brothers. You're going to love them. You're a meat salesman? I got three dozen cuts of sirloin in the trunk. I can give you a sweet deal. What are your intentions with our brother? What are you, his parent? Went away. Yes. I'm the one who potty trained you. Yeah, and you didn't do such a great job. Apparently, you're supposed to lift the seat up. Says who? From the producer of Malcolm in the Middle and Third Rock from the Sun comes a hilarious new comedy. Hi. That could have gone so much better. Being in love means taking the whole package. His brothers, they're overbearing and weird. That's enough. Back on the street. So you have your own little club, and I'm not a member. Yeah, it's a penis-only club. Yeah, there it is. Package deal. Woo! All right. And I'm going to have some of the cast members on uh, some upcoming uh, podcasts here, and uh, we're going to interview them, and we're going to talk about the show and uh, some of the hijinks on set and yada, yada, yada. So uh, once again, June, uh, September 30th, gang, uh, tune in on City TV 830 right across Canada. And again, U.S., I'm so sorry. Don't hate. Um, So let's move on. Let's move on to something that... um, this is a this is a weird one, okay? This is an observation I made, and uh, it's just an observation. I don't want you to think it's cruel or mean-spirited because it's not. It's an observation that uh, I've made on several occasions, and I guess it's kind of a tribute to the resilience of the human body, but I think you've all been uh, through this same experience. You're, you're driving down the street, or you're walking through the city and you look over and you see homeless people and and again I don't want this to sound mean this this is a reality I've I've seen over the years and I just saw some people the other day and it made me think of this I saw a, a woman that literally I I looked at her and she was in such a state physical state that I I seriously went, how can that woman even be alive? And of course, my heart felt for her, my my spirit felt for her, I felt very sad. My mind was like, "What, what, what kind of world do we live in where some people end up like this? 
And without getting into all the psychological and societal uh, levels and strata of of the class system and economics and all that, because that that's that's a theme that plays out through history throughout the world. What what really struck me is is this woman was you know her 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 skin was dirty. She was severely overweight. Her hair was just a rat's nest. Her hygiene was clearly at a 2 out of 10. She barely had enough clothing. And, 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 and I go, wow. How resilient is the human body that... You you know you can take it to a state where obviously this person didn't have access to hygiene and medical attention and and cleanliness and 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 just the basics, and yet here she is walking around, uh, you know, uh, moving around through societies, walking in the street. And and I, I just go to myself, it's like I see people in the emergency ward. I see people going to the hospital. I see people dying who are who are people that have the good fortune of not being homeless. And they go to the gym and they they eat a, a great diet of veggies and and uh fruits and, and grains and all the things you're supposed to do to prevent illness and cancer and all these things that could could end your life or give you sickness and disease, and then you you know you see some of these people on the street and you go how 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 are they here? How are they alive? Look at the condition they're in. How how can you punish the body? How can you treat the body like that and still circulate? And and for lack of a better. Uh, comparison it was almost like looking at a neanderthal like a caveman person i mean this person was disheveled and their hair was in knots and their skin was brown with dirt and their teeth were out of order and their clothes were stained and their skin had uh you know lesions and and uh and again this isn't a knock against homeless people it's an observation about the punishment that the human body can take and and you just wonder i at least i do i go i go how can that person be doing this how 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 are they not dead how how are they how are they still walking around and you know very they look very healthy just in their walk you know not limping or crawling or hobbling but just normally walking around but in this state of total uh, disrepair. And uh, I saw another guy on a sidewalk. I, would, I pulled up to a light and there was a guy with a, I was in the back of a taxi and, and I, all of a sudden I had the window down and this guy at a bus stop who, who, uh, was clearly like a hobo or a drunk. He had only had a few teeth and he, he was, you know, he was clearly inebriated. His eyes were all glazy and, he had horrible clothing on and and he's like hey man what are you doing in a taxi man did your did your car break down <laughs> and he's laughing and he's happy and and i'm just like obviously this guy has has been immersed in this horrible lifestyle for probably decades look at his body and 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 
And I'm going, how is that body still motoring? How, how are all the pieces moving? And obviously, if you got inside a lot of these people, you'd probably find uh, sickness or, or things that are wrong. But, but it just blows my mind. It blows my mind that, that, that people can just live and keep motoring with, with so little. And I'm not talking about people lost in a forest and they're eating bugs. I mean, I'm talking about people, citizens of the city, who probably get uh, good meals at a soup kitchen and get donations and get people giving them handouts. But despite all of that care and handling, they just let their bodies go. And I think you've all seen a homeless person or somebody in the street whose whose body is just beyond anywhere you could ever imagine your body being. And you go, how? How is that guy living? And Ed, who works over at Merrill Lynch and wakes up and showers every day and brushes his teeth and washes his hair and eats his uh, granola and watches his cholesterol and goes on the treadmill four times a week and plays tennis on the weekends, how is that guy in the hospital with a stroke or a heart attack? And yet this guy or this girl over here who looks like a tumbleweed, uh, who looks like they crawled out of a garbage dump, but I'm not trying to be mean. I'm just saying this is the appearance. It's unbelievable. And, uh, you know, it's a bit confounding and confusing because, you know, you, you, you hear all these surveys and these, these uh, studies and these, these, these tests about what you should eat and how you should care for yourself and blah, 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 blah. And then you, you look at these people and go, wow, the body just keeps going, man. You can punish the crap out of your body. And these people are living proof, and God bless them, you know. But, you know, uh, this is what I do a lot, guys. And, and I know it's probably, uh, you know, counterproductive. But I'm just going to throw it out there because I, I've run into a lot of these people. We all have. You run into people like this on the street. And they're beaten up. And they're dirty. And they don't have they have clothes falling off their bodies. And they have lesions on their skin. And their hair has just, it's just a rat's nest. And and you can't relate. You're, you can probably at times be repulsed. And they go, hey, man, you got some extra change? Can you give me a dollar? And you take the approach where, oh, I'm not giving that person a dollar. Look at they're dirty, they're gross, they're disgusting. And anyways, they're just going to go buy dope and buy booze and keep getting drunk. And I used to be that guy that was like, yeah, I'm not giving them a cent, man. I'm not going to contribute to their their drunkenness and their their habits and their lifestyles. Look at this guy. And then I got to a place where I really sat down and thought about it. And, you know, if you look at your own life and think how good you have it, sitting in your apartment watching your TV, going to bed with your loved one, having three square meals a day, you have a job. And these other people have found a life of drinking and sleeping on a on a gut on a on an air vent. 
And, you know, I don't think, and this is something I personally learned, and you don't have to adopt this, but it's it's food for thought. I think at one point you got to put your judgments away. You got to put your your um, feelings of disgust or whatever you may have away and go around it and go, you know what? This guy's reality is the bottle. This guy's reality is the crack pipe. You know, I could stand here and go, you know what? If I give you a dollar, you're just going to go buy booze. I'm not going to help you. Well, at at the point these people are at, if they're going to go get help or get help, that's got to happen and it will happen. But in the meantime, their reality is living on the street and drinking from a bottle, and you can't change it. They're suffering. They're suffering real bad. And maybe, maybe, and this sounds kind of, I don't know, counterproductive, but maybe their only friend is the bottle. Maybe that that's their life. That's their need. That's all they have. Maybe that bottle is the only thing that gets them through to the next day. And the next day may be horrible. The next day may be uh, a living hell, but it's what they need. It's what they have. It's what they've chosen. And you deciding not to give them a dollar doesn't change it in that moment. What changes it is when, when they make a decision in their mind to finally hang it up and walk into a clinic and get help. So now, even though I know where the money's going, I go, man, if I can give this guy a dollar and help ease his pain, no matter what that is, I'm going to do it. And and I feel bad that I know he's going to buy a drink. But I also feel worse that he has nothing. He doesn't even have the bottle that, that gives him comfort and keeps him going. And it's a horrible thing. It's a, it, it's one of those those decisions that we're forced into. Well, do I help the guy or do I not help the guy? If I help him, am I really helping him or am I making it worse and blah, 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 blah. But that's stuff that can't be resolved in the matter of the moment you're with them. It's a bigger it's a bigger commitment on their part. It's a bigger operation. So just food for thought. I'm I don't want to guilt you out and tell you what to do, but something to think about next time you're confronted with, with someone who's not quite as fortunate as you and they're asking for something from you. It's and it's an interesting debate. It's an interesting way to go. And at the end of the day, we hope that people get the help, you know. And and it's not being realistic for me to say, well, if you really want to help, why don't you just ask the guy to get in your car and have him come live with you and, you know, give him a shower and shave him up. You know, we all know that's not realistic. That that's these people need real, real deeply entrenched help. Some of them might have uh, psychological issues. They have chemical dependencies. They might have backgrounds in crime. They might have backgrounds in instability, blah, 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 blah. So I'm talking about just in that moment, what do you do? Food for thought. But uh, the real the real reason for this conversation was just to go, wow, look at our bodies. It's a, it's a, they, they remind us of the, the punishment the abuse that a body can take years and years of ingesting liquor and drugs and 
And it isn't to say that the mind doesn't start to dissolve, but the, but the human physical form just it keeps on pumping. All the, all the organs keep going, and it's, it's just amazing. It's, it's amazing to me. So I don't know if that's amazing to you, but there it is. Some thoughts and observations here on the Holland Highway. Um, so there it is. Let's wrap up the show with you uh, thinking about that stuff. Gee, thanks, Harland. No, I hope I hope it uh, somehow stimulates you and uh, makes you think next time you see someone out on the street that's looking for a little handout. How how, do, how will you handle it? Food for thought. Um, let's move on. Let's get to some announcements here, guys and gals. Um, don't forget. Uh, let's see what are we doing? Oh yeah, it's uh, it's this weekend coming up. Oh, my God, September 12th to the 15th, I'm going to be at the Schomburg Improv, which is just outside of the city of Chicago, okay? Come to the show. It's a great comedy club. It's beautiful. It's huge. It's really nice. It's one of the nicest comedy clubs in the country, and I have great shows there, tons of fun. Please come out. Uh, Go to harlowwilliams.com. You can reserve your tickets online. Um, and then the following weekend, uh, I will be in Knoxville, Tennessee. Go to my website and you will check on the co- stand-up comedy link and you'll be able to look up the club there. Uh, and it's going to be awesome. I've never been to Knoxville to do stand-up, so this will be a first. Come on out, y'all. Uh, then don't forget to check out the store at harlemwilliams.com. We have all kinds of fun merchandise, books, CDs, movies, T-shirts. I just put some new illustrations in beautiful frames. There's only two, so they're probably going to go really fast. Um, They're hand-drawn and framed and kind of kooky little signed pieces of artwork that I did. Stuff like that doesn't last too long in my store, Um, so check that out if you so desire. Uh, if you want to write to me, comment on any of this stuff, uh, harlandwilliams.com, you can write. Or if you want to leave me a voicemail, 323-739-4330. And uh, don't forget the sitcom package deal premiering January, or I keep saying January, premiering September 30th, uh, Monday night at 830 uh, if you're in Canada, please check it out on City TV. So that's it for today, gang. Thanks for being here. Remember, be kind to people that aren't as fortunate as you. Sharing is caring. Uh, show a little heart. It'll make them feel good. It'll make you feel good. And take care of your body. Take care of your mind. And until next time, chicken chow mein, baby.